All right, bad news, everybody. Uh, as some of you have heard, we have just lost our Jurassic Park license to Sega. I know we've all been oh, working no. very, very hard on our Jurassic Park shooter, but um, we're going to have to scramble to make uh, ends meet before our quarterly profits report oh. comes out. So if you've got an idea for a shooting game that we can slot into this arcade cabinet that we're already developing, just uh, let's let's hear him. Let's hear him. Uh, all right, just uh, off the top of my head, uh, you know, we make it like it's the rock band Aerosmith. Uh, we we get we we get the rights to Aerosmith. Okay, and... I'm 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 sorry I'm sorry Nick Nick I'm so yeah. sorry. Uh, this isn't a dancing game. Uh, uh-huh. I know. Uh, yeah, it's a shooting just, game. Uh, yeah. D- yeah, oh, I know. Okay. I'm working so... on the fucking thing. Okay. <laughs> All right, no need to get angry. Sorry, I just this is this Jurassic Park news is earth shattering. Yeah, okay. What were you you were saying Aerosmith? I'm sorry, I was I I I, autom- I automatically assumed you didn't know what you were talking about. So why don't you tell me more about this pitch? I don't know. It's like Aerosmith, and you're shooting uh, ninjas and uh, freeing babes with by flinging CDs at them. I, I I'm just just spitballing here. Well, I mean, let's let's I'll put it on the board. But I want to. I want to run some other big licenses. We might be able to to land like Die Hard, Lethal Weapon, uh, uh-huh. Speed. You know, Speed's a big hit. We could like you could be shooting out of the side of the bus. Who knows? Uh, so you know, I'll, I'll put Aerosmith on the on the board. But again, it's a gun game. So I want any other ideas. Matt, are you filling this Aerosmith thing? Uh, I'm actually I'm a little embarrassed because I was also gonna say Aerosmith, and I don't have any other ideas. I, I, my big idea that I came in with today was Aerosmith, and Nick just ate my entire lunch. Well, no, I mean, that's good. I mean, if we're both on the same page, if we're both thinking Aerosmith, maybe it's Aerosmith. Does, is Aerosmith known for guns? Are they no. known? Do they have song? No. No. No, but they have lethal riffs. Yeah. Okay. Look, <laughs> <laughs> like what? Do you want to make, like, a 007 shooting game? Is that what you yes. want to do? Yeah, I mean, that sounds great. Goldeneye, huge hit right now on the N64. So if you've got, like... Look, does Aerosmith have an enemy? Do they even have somebody... Like, who are they fighting? Guns and Roses? I mean, the man. Ugh. I wish anybody else had shown up for this meeting besides you two. I feel like... I feel like I'm just talking to a void here. Yeah, we're kind of spinning our wheels here. Yeah, what if it's... Uh, I thought I had a new idea, but it was just Aerosmith again. Oh, my God. All right, let's just vote, let's just vote for who wants Aerosmith. But there's I, I'm no... raising my hand. Okay. Yeah, Matt's got and his hand up. Matt, okay, great. Well, it's two, All right, two to, to one. Two to one will be making an Aerosmith shooting game. Meanwhile, at Universal Studios, Steven, uh, I've got really bad news, Mr. Spielberg. Um... We've lost the Aerosmith license, and we're going to need you uh, to make a different film. Well, let, let's let's hear it. I don't got all day. We got to think fast. We're starting shooting principal p- photography tomorrow. Have you considered dinosaurs? Maybe instead of Aerosmith Park, it's Jurassic Park? <laughs> I mean, we'll try it. <laughs> <laughs> We fight the new order and shoot people with loose CDs until they explode. In Aerosmith Real Shooter Revolution X, this week on How Did This Get Played?
Welcome to Out of the Skit Play, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest and wee 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 all the way homest video games of all time. <laughs> that third W is by At the Pied Monster. Submit yours at Get Played Pod, hashtag WWW. I'm Nick Weiger along with Heather Ann Campbell. I'm Heather Ann Campbell along with our producer, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. And welcome back, Bucket. Edge. Uh, Wow, team, we have a truly, truly terrible game to discuss today. This is like a let. We're back this is on one, it. We're back on it. We're back on the worst side of things. This is one that that routinely shows up in like twenty worst games of all time lists. Um, specifically, the home ports, which we'll get into in one second. So we are very much going into gaming hell again. But before we do that, it is first time as always to discuss a game we like. We're going to spend seventy seconds in gaming heaven. Matt, say when. When. All right, I rolled credits on Mass Effect One. I play. I wow. finished Mass Effect One. My first time through the uh, any game in the Mass Effect franchise. I did dabble a little in Mass Effect Andromeda for this podcast, um, but I'm playing the Legendary Edition, which is an awesome remaster. And it's you know for a game from 2007, it's still it's has good art direction, has really good writing and and sci-fi world building and and voice acting. So all that stuff holds up, and and you know it it looks a little dated at times, particularly the UI. But overall, like I was like I I love this game. It's so good. It's such a cool universe, and it's got so many new ideas. Here's one thing I'll drill down on. So when we're we're talking about cyberpunk, and there's the same issue with like like Westworld, which is another thing that kind of bothers me. In terms of just like there's an absence of imagination in in terms of what the future could possibly hold. Like it's like everyone still has tablets and phones and they just have uglier, more mm-hmm. futuristic looking UIs. And in Mass Effect, there's something called an Omni tool, which is like a virtual gauntlet that surrounds your entire forearm and does an array of electronic tasks. And it's just like, oh, that's a completely new idea, because when you're doing sci fi, you could ha- you could do Time's anything. Up. All right. Anyway, I loved it. Uh, I'm going right into part two. <laughs> You know, Westworld takes place in the past, right? It's, it's old West. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, they're just like, they just got like spurs and like revolvers. I'm like, give me something new. <laughs> supposed to be impressed by a stirrup? Trying to do a, trying to do a little Nick there. Trying to do a little, like, I know that something I'm saying is, is uh-huh. full of shit. <laughs> but I present it as if it is actual information. And well, guess but, what? I, well, I can be even dumber. <laughs> <laughs> you thought this was my final form? <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's talk about this week's game. But first, let's introduce our guest, a musician whose critically acclaimed jazz quartet album, Alter Ego, is available now. Zane Carney is here. Hi, Zane. Hi, Nick. How are you doing? Hi, Heather Ann Campbell. Why am I saying your full name? I'm so nervous. God dang it. Oh, man. You're doing great. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I just love this show. Oh, oh thank well, you for saying that. Well, that's, uh, thank you. That's an opinion. I've heard every single episode. I'm a straight up Wow. Fan, so I'm wow. honored to be here. Oh wow! Well, God bless you. Well, we're we're honored to have you. Uh, and you are a, you are a musician, but I also wanted to hear just generally about you as a gamer. I, I mean, I see you've got a Super Nintendo on your desk, so I assume this is something that has some significance to you. Big time, yeah. I'm a big retro gamer, which is sad because I feel like it wasn't that long ago. But I'm very 16 bit, 8 bit heavy. So right. I have a Super NT on the desk right here. I have an analog yes. mini NT yes. Noir. Yes. Um, I got a Switch on the desk. If I panned over. And okay. I am completely addicted to Mario Tennis Aces. This is like wow. Nintendo, yeah, I'm like nationally ranked. It's bad. I'm addicted. <laughs> <sighs> I play as can Rosalina. I, 
as a wow. as a as a fan of the analog brand uh, who simultaneously is a fan but does not yet own a single analog machine, yeah. how do you find the experience on the NT? And for those of you listening at home, these are like high end aluminum cases as if Apple were to redesign these older systems like the NES or the Super NES or the, the Genesis. Uh, they, they're like the Porsche of, I mean, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. How do you, how do you like them? I love them. I, the sad part is I actually haven't opened the analog NT yet because I got it for my birthday and I'm going to do a whole unboxing stream with it, but I've opened the Super NT and I played some really awesome games. And then I played today's game uh, which is rough, really oh, rough. Wow. but, but uh, yeah, it's great. I mean, it's really the best experience possible. And, and I've always been into optimizing my retro gaming experience. I'm a little different than the true purists who want to get the, um, the CRT going, or I forget what they're called, right. progressive, whatever shotgun looking monitors. I always want to get it on my 4k screen and have it be as pixel perfect as possible. So I'm like a metal Jesus rocks, radical Reggie type guy. I love that sort of thing. <laughs> if you're familiar with those YouTubers, but, um, no, no, not at all. Oh man. They're awesome. No, but I love hearing it. <laughs> <laughs> they're super into retro stuff. And yeah, they talk about every pixel four by three and making sure the ratio is correct and all that. Right. So, um, yeah, super NT is amazing. And, uh, I have a whole collection behind me of about 200 NES and super Nintendo games. And so I've been going through them. Every game works on it. Uh, I have an 8-bit Doe wireless controller. I mean, it's just oh, it's so amazing. Mm. So I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. What is your, and and what what you were saying about like it not being that long ago and feeling like, you know, uh, it, but being retro games, because like these are like 8-bit and 16-bit games are like the games of my childhood, but it, so, but it just like, it it's, that's retro now. It's the same way when you hear like Nirvana on a classic rock station. It's just like, right. oh, okay. All right. that <laughs> I'm that age. Um, But, but I, I I'm curious, like, are your favorite games to retro games to play now? Are they the same games you played as a kid or are they stuff that you came to as an adult? Is it a mix? That's a great question. Yeah, I, I like mixing it up. In fact, my girlfriend just got me Chrono Trigger, which somehow I've never Ooh. played. Oh, yeah. yes. you're in for a treat. I, I've heard, yeah, I'm so excited. And I'm a huge JRPG fan. So, you know, quick synopsis, my childhood, I started as a gamer. The guitar and music stuff came much later. So oh, I wow. was, I think the first game I ever beat, I was three years old. I beat DuckTales on NES. Wow. No way. Yeah, without the manual, because I was just obsessive. That was my childhood. <laughs> and then it's my adulthood, unfortunately, too. Um, <laughs> and then I got into uh, Street Fighter 2 Turbo with my brother. And then I remember not really being welcomed at his birthday party until they found out I could beat Bucky O'Hare for them. And then they liked me. Oh, uh, wow. I beat Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for NES, which is a real tough game. Come on. Fuck. Yeah. So I was like a gamer kid. And then when I was about seven years old, I was like a child actor. And on that set, they would just give me Game Boy games and like, you know, try to pacify me because they knew it was just traumatic probably for me. Like, <laughs> why are we having this kid work? This is awful. Give me a game. So, uh, yeah, I got really into like Wario Land, all these different Game Boy games. Um, and then I really hit my apex with Pokemon. That changed mm. my life. That turned me into Golden Sun, The Lost Age. That turned me on to sort of Tales of Vesperia, sort of Secret of Mana, but I'm less of an action RPG guy. I'm more of a turn-based, straight-up JRPG dude. Right. And so I've, I've played most of them. Um, somehow I missed Chrono Trigger, so I'm really excited about that. I, I literally booted up Chrono Trigger two days ago just to listen to the opening music during the montage. It's, mm. it is, it's it is so good. extraordinary. And I also feel like you're really speaking specifically to both myself and Apodaca with the retro, the high-end retro, like, 
specificity and then just mentioning Pokemon really <laughs> makes his That's awesome. turns his eyes into spirals. Yes. Um, I love it. Yeah, no, I, I've, and I've maintained that too. The funny part is I've actually heard the OST for Chrono Trigger because I do this thing on my Twitch stream called Music Theory of Gaming. And they were mm-hmm. like, if you don't do this immediately, we need to have the theory of this game. So we discovered there's like a lot of perfect fourths and there's a lot of like modal jazz moments, but played on a street. Right. It's like a whole thing. So I'm excited about actually experiencing the music during gameplay, but I heard a piece of the music and was like, okay, yes, this yes. all around this game is my dream. Awesome. It's yeah. So like I, what you're speaking to is like, as a kid, I remember hearing like progressive rock, like hearing like, you know, I, I think ELO qualifies as like pro- progressive rock, oh, you know? Yeah. And so Hearing that and being like, this sounds like like JRPG music, like this sounds like video game music, <laughs> not understanding the influence was the other direction that right. like, you know, like composers uh, on these games were like being influenced by American and, and British rock. Totally. And we actually did a music theory of gaming episode on Sonic the Hedgehog. And I mm-hmm. you know, obviously listened to it as a kid. Also, I know, Heather, you're like a Sega person, which is awesome. Yes. Sega yes. CD and all that. I had a 32X as a kid, which did not quite work wow. out very well. But yes, I love that too. But um, Sonic is straight up fusion jazz. It's just played on like kind of 8-bit or 16-bit, you know, sound card. But uh, we discovered that yeah, there's a lot of secondary dominance, which is, happens in fusion jazz. There's a lot of tritone substitution, which happens in fusion jazz. And so when people say what you're describing, you're right. They were influenced by the the analog music and made it digital. So have you yeah. have you have you listened to Yellow Magic Orchestra? Um, I if you want to see a band that has just been ripped off in order to make the Sonic soundtrack, Yellow Magic Orchestra is a 1970s Japanese band, and their instrument set was what influenced the Genesis sound chip design. And mm. their music is just if you put it on, you're like, oh, this is like a high res. Sonic sound. No, <laughs> this is, right. It's great. Wait, yeah. Did they have like a huge metal pole that just goes boing like Kid Chameleon? Like whatever that sound is. <laughs> <laughs> That's like their main instrument. I love whatever that sound is on Sega. Oh man, it's great. Yeah. That'd wow, be great cool. if there was a guy in the band who just had that job. It's like the <laughs> it's like the dude in the Zydeco band who's got the washboard. Just like right. all right, yeah. Right. His weight. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Uh, so okay, so it's, wait, you're you're talking about music, and and I, I'm I'm curious, like, so what are your outside of game gameplay, everything aside, like, just thinking of of compositions, like, what are some of your favorite music sound or your favorite soundtracks from video games? Ooh, that's great. I, surprisingly, Super Mario RPG affected me. Oh I, it wow! It must have been like the right age. Mm. I don't know why. There's there's and it's very loopy. You know, it's very like four bar, eight bar loops, like most games, right. but but even I think shorter. Uh, God, what are some games that really impacted me? I mean, no joke, Kid Chameleon did impact me because it was so weird, that weird electric guitar-ish sound. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball <laughs> impacted me because it was like some <laughs> Jeff Beck guitar soloing going on. Maybe kind of laugh. Right. Um, but as far as inspiration, I mean, yeah, I'm so standard by saying this, but the Final Fantasy games definitely were. Oh, nice. yeah. Final mm-hmm. Fantasy 13. I, I was working on a Broadway show for a couple of years and we had no life the first six months of, of uh, tech. Um, and so I was like, man, what, what am I going to do to, to uh, decompress? So I played Final Fantasy 13 every night for a couple hours. And wow. that score just really calmed me down. It's so an excellent, know. it's an excellent score on a game that I feel like what it just, 
wasn't what people wanted from the game, like the linear sort of traversal and all that stuff. But the soundtrack right. is fucking aces. Yes, it is. And actually, you're speaking to potentially what Matt and maybe in some ways you and I, because I'm, I'm seriously have listened to too many episodes, part of my nerves. <laughs> but I know that you guys like JRPGs. I actually prefer linear gameplay. I'm very much in the hmm. minority. But I like being able to complete. I like going 100%. And so sure. I know with linear I can. Um, so I love Final Fantasy 13 because not only was it linear, but there was the battle system where it's totally turn-based and also totally time-based. And mm -hmm. there's a rhythm to it. I love that. But there was some land, it's like chapter 10, where it's just like you're super underpowered against every huge monster. And I kind of gave up. So I didn't beat it. And I need to go back and beat it. Um, I think that might be the Sunleth Waterscape, but I'm not sure. It might be. Uh, mm. There was a big field and there were these very Yeah, oh, large... yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, like, that's, that's later than that. Yeah. It's like, I'm not ready for... I have like all these Sentinels and I cannot hang. <laughs> so I just stopped playing it, which is also me. Nice to meet you guys. I'm going to give up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mm. The last mainline Final Fantasy I played was Final Fantasy XII. I never played thirteen because everyone said it's like, it's bad. I got yeah. I, 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 I to try it. I never what? played it. I never played 13 or 15. What the fuck? I, the last I, I said it. The last mainline Final Fantasy I played was Final Fantasy 12. Wow. I like the series, too. We've done more than 100 episodes, and you've just been, like, keeping this from us? Well, yeah, because I knew this was going to happen. I mean, should I play, uh, should I play yes, 13? You, yeah, you, should, you okay. should play both of them. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, at 15, I genuinely, I genuinely plan on playing. I genuinely intend to play 15 when I have a free block of time. 15's uh, but, great. Makes you want to go camping. It's the best. No, I've, I've heard very positive things about it. I bet it would be right up my alley. But 13, I've always heard mixed things. But yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll dabble at some point. This is horseshit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, this podcast is predicated on a lie. Like we we had like a questionnaire at the beginning before we it was like what games have you played and like yes. everybody checked up little little boxes and like Abadak is like oh, okay I have all these Pokemon games and Nick checked the box that said Final Fantasy but apparently he just meant like Final Fantasy one. <laughs> well, what, like have you played like Final Fantasy Mystic Quest? <laughs> On the Game Boy? Yes. <laughs> okay, well then fine. I'll go fuck myself. <laughs> what about what about Final Fantasy 2 slash 4? Because I just got that as well. I'm going to be playing I, that yeah. on my Super NT. That, yeah, That's one I of my favorites. I, I played that one, but I think I did the remake on the DS, I mm. think. Nice. Well, so so we're, you're talking about the yeah the it was released in the on the Super Nintendo is Final Fantasy two, but it's Final Fantasy four, the one with uh, Cecil and Terra and or yeah. no Terra's in Final Fantasy three six. Well, in Three. Japan, I guess it was called two. I think <laughs> maybe in America it was four. It was some one of those weird yeah. things. But yeah, I just got that for Super Nintendo, and I am looking forward to that. Oh, just, you're gonna have a great time, man! This awesome is great. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I was so Zaina was reading that you spent some time in Japan uh, touring, and I'm I'm curious. Did you, as a gamer, did you spend any? Were you able to get into Japanese arcades at all? Oh, a million percent. So I toured wow. with. There are a couple things I've done there. I've done some solo material over there, but I also played a little bit with John Mayer. And on that tour, I had Pokemon XY the entire. Tour. Everyone made fun of me. Oh wow! Everyone was married <laughs> and had kids, and I was 27 or 8 at the time. In my bunk playing Pokemon, baby. So I did that. And then when we got to Japan, I'm like, I'm saving this one level for Japan. Because <laughs> if I do not play Pokemon in Japan for my first tour there, then I'm in, what am I doing? So I did that. And then, of course, on my off day, everyone else went to get sake and went to get sushi. And I went to the arcades and I played uh, Dance Dance Revolution terribly and got 
like shown up by really good people. Wow. And then I did, oh God, I did, I don't know why I did this. I played the basketball game like that. You can do that anywhere. Like you shoot yes. basketball <laughs> in human form. Like what am I doing? So I did that. Uh, I also love basketball and I appreciate the Lakers hat. Yes. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I, I, I just love Japanese culture and I try to go every year now and I pretend that I'm going for gigs because I play them and then I stay for a week and enjoy. I, I especially best. love Shimokitazawa. I don't know if anyone this, here has been there. Yes, I've been there. This is the best. This is the best. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. Yeah, the event. Oh man, I just, I walk around, I buy like half the clothing items you, well, you guys don't see if you're listening, but half the clothing items I'm wearing, I buy in Shimokitazawa. I go there, like oh, get wow. some fashion forward stuff and play mm-hmm. some games and I always bring a, now I bring a Nintendo Switch and make sure I play a game while I'm in Japan. You know, the, the home of Nintendo is pretty, pretty special, actually. That's so cool. You you should go to a, for, if you want, I know that Shimokitazawa has uh, like future fashion, but if you want retro fashion, you should try Koenji, which has oh, like, cool. as, a, as a neighborhood, they have tons and tons of um, thrift but it's extremely specific thrift. So it'll be like, here is the blue jeans thrift store. And it'll just be like all of these blue jeans from like the fifties through today, ranging in prices from like, Oh, here's a cheap pair of blue jeans. to like, why is this pair of blue jeans? $5,000, you know, <laughs> right. here's, the Seba- here's the Sebastian box store. It's only, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> interesting. Cool, dude, that's awesome. I'm going to totally gonna go there. Yeah. I'm going to write yep. that down. That's awesome. Thank mm-hmm. you. I love vintage thrifting. That's my thing. Well, um, this has been great. I'm you, <laughs> Matt, Nick, you guys can head out anytime. We're just going to chat about retro games and trips to Japan. It's great. It. I'm it. interested. Uh, I I did want to touch on, on Mario Tennis Aces. What got you so hooked on that game? Dude, oh, God. So my friend, <laughs> Steph, and he's a violinist, and he was like, hey, man, mm-hmm. check out Mario Tennis Aces. I'm like, why is it $60? I've heard the actual adventure is an hour and a half. I'm not paying this money. It's, Trust me, you'll love it. So I bought it and then I went on tour with someone uh, for about a year and a half, a blues guitarist. He toured all the time. So I was in the bunk and we had Wi-Fi. I thought, let's kick out Mario Tennis Aces. Started playing as Rosalina, not knowing she's the absolute worst character in the game by far. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, So I was playing as her and I was like, oh, this is pretty fun. Fast forward to the pandemic, which have you guys heard about this? It's crazy. The whole world sucks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> terrible. Um, but so I'm sitting in my room. I'm talking to my girlfriend. like, what am I going to do? I think touring might be done for a couple of years. And that's mostly been my life with my yeah. bands or solo music or other artists. So uh, I thought, yeah, I guess maybe I'll stream. So I go on Twitch. I'm playing Mario Tennis Aces. I said, hey, guys, yeah, I put like 500 hours into this game at that point. I have a problem, but I guess, you know, you guys are obviously here to watch me play music, but here's a quick game. And people in chat were going, you're good. I said, no, I don't think I am. No, dude, you're, you're actually pretty good. Then someone came into chat and went, dude, I own this game. I went into the rankings. You're ranked 25th nationally right now. It's like, <laughs> wow. what are you? Wait. And, I, and they thought I'd be happy, but I was like, why have I wasted so much time? That's like 80 songs I could have written. What is wrong with me? Um, but then I took it upon myself to like uh, get integrated into the community. So I got on their Discord, onto their Reddit. And then they started watching my streams. So a big thing now is I do music streams, but I also play Mario Tennis Aces and people stream snipe me. So they love, like the top 20 players love to come in. They wait until I'm on stream. They stream snipe me and destroy me and make me enraged. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm trying to get to the ace level with Rosa. There've only been three Rosalina main aces ever, apparently, including like Japan or whatever. And I, my ranking last month was 4,932 points, which is 
68 points away from ace. So I was like so close. Oh, wow. And then I lost four matches in a row and it's all, you know, crumbled like Jenga pieces. But uh, <laughs> wow. I'm still trying to make that happen. They think I'm an idiot for doing it. Like, it's not possible. You can't do it. So I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love just taking like the, the D tier character and just, just seeing how far you can climb in the ranks. For real. It's yeah. like maining yeah. Dan in Street Fighter for years. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> now, of course, there, there's this there's a girl named Angie. She's just unbelievable. She's the best player in the game probably ever. Uh, she plays as Daisy. She crushes people. And she's now playing as Rosa. And of course, she's an ace because she's just the best ever. So right. she's doing it, but that's not her main. So I'm trying to you know make it happen maybe in like five years. I don't know. Yeah, very competitive. Um, I didn't. I didn't realize there was this much of a community around Mario Tennis Aces, and that it seemed to have. It seems to have this much depth in gameplay. Like yeah, I just. Very, I always thought it was just kind of like a party sports game. But totally. Yeah, and most of those Mario games are that. But you know how like Mario Party type games make you enraged. This is yes. that. It's just like right. you're so close. And I. I'll say on stream, I'm so close to being you know better than this person, and they'll come and say, No, you're not. You're like you're terrible. <laughs> this, this subtle nuance makes you not even close to as good as I am. Um, but, uh, yeah, so basically there are those lobs and drop shots and there are slices that spin you out and there's all these different techniques. Um, and, uh, there was something, yeah, my brain stopped working, but yeah, it's, it's an addictive game. And I, uh, I think I put in a thousand hours into it. Wow. I can't believe unbelievable. that you have this sort of intensity towards games and we forced you to play this dog shit, <laughs> awful, 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 yeah. awful game. Here's what the thing about this game is that it's a it's a rail shooter and the arcade cabinet is such a different experience than playing it on the home console. Right down to the the, the degree of like most of the ports of this game do not have light gun support. So the central feature has been excised. Like the thing that makes it cool, the thing that makes it fun is just has been replaced with your manually moving a cursor with your controller, which is a very clunky way to control it and it just it just it just removes the core fun of a shooting game. What game are we talking about, audience? We're talking about Revolution X. It's a arcade rail shooter game developed and published by Midway in 1994, featuring the rock band Aerosmith. The story of this game is contained within the opening crawl. You have no choice. You have no voice. The new ordination has taken over and everything you like is wrong. All video games, television, magazines, and especially music have been declared illegal and are strictly forbidden. A corrupt, neo-industrial, governmental, militaristic, oppressive alliance, the new order nation, led by headmistress Helga, is seizing all citizens between ages 13 and 30. You are on your way to see Aerosmith. They're playing at Club X, LA's hottest nut, night spot. At the same time, the New Order Nation's evil plan is being launched and you are stuck in the middle. As one of the last surviving free youth, you must battle New Order forces to get backstage at Club X to meet Aerosmith, where together you will begin the revolution. So immediately I'm kind of torn morally because <laughs> I, of course, oppose banning all media, but I'm in favor of uh, getting rid of all those no good teens. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part was the 13 to 30. That was yeah, so what? Jeez, come on, man. So specific. Like, well, first off, 
there's going to be a 12 year old playing this game for sure. And they'll be like, yes. oh, I'm safe. And then there's <laughs> also 30 is a weird cutoff. Cause like, does that mean that everybody above the age of 30? I mean, yes, everybody above the age of 30 has bad taste. That's universally understood. Right. But I mean, we watched it happen to Apodaca. Like he liked good stuff. And then yeah. all of a sudden he liked bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, I barely made it. <laughs> Oh, it's sorry. a I my my guess is that that has something to do with the age of the developers. I would guess the developers are probably didn't want to put themselves in the old age range. So there is probably guys in their late twenties and like ah thirteen to thirty, we're still cool, right? Uh, but it is. But the lore is basically inconsequential because then you get into it and it's pretty much you're just shooting your way through a different a bunch of different environments punctuated by some various Aerosmith clips. And we should say that the Aerosmith clips, uh, the Aerosmith audio varies. Uh, I think there there must have been and Heather. I don't know if you saw what what the what the reason for this was, but I assume there's some sort of rights issue with the the music was only licensed for the arcade versions, and then the home versions they're using different songs, they're using deeper cuts, which are less interesting. Like "Walk This Way" is in the arcade ver- the version, and it's great, and then the home version it's not present at all. Huh. I I. I'm not as familiar with Aerosmith's catalog to know which ones are deep cuts and which ones are mm. not. Um, I played it on the Saturn. Uh, what, where did, how did you guys play this game? So I played the Super Nintendo version, which everyone says is the worst one. Yeah. And then I also watched a, uh, a a playthrough of the arcade version, a full playthrough of the arcade version. And I, I played the arcade version in an arcade, you know, years ago. Uh, it's a I mean, it's pretty good. It's like a what's the other one like like that Terminator 2. You know, it's the, the 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 cabinet that's got the physical gun that you use. It's like it's fun to play and it, it looks pretty good for its time. And, and the sound is pretty decent in the arcade. Zane, did you play on the NT, the Super uh, NT? I played it on the Super NT, original wow. hardware. Yeah, and it, you're right. The the music, I remember playing this game at a movie theater like 12 years ago. And you're right. It's not the time cop type gun where you can actually move it around free space. It's it's attached to the machine, if I remember correctly. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, the music in this one, I, my favorite thing at the end of the game, when you play through the whole thing and I guess beat the boss, it just sings "Dude looks, dude looks, dude looks like a lady" like a two-bar repeat. <laughs> just dude looks yeah. like a lady and just keeps doing. Dude looks like a lady. So that's the cut they had at the end of this one. And I, I wondered if that was a, a RAM issue, like they just couldn't fit enough of the music on there. Maybe I wasn't sure why, but um, yeah, I was really bummed about the part that you brought up, Nick, which is how could I not use my super scope, which I actually have yes. back there. Why would I was right. I not allowed to use that? Makes no sense. Yeah, same with the Saturn. I I plugged in the uh, my my light gun for to play this, and then it froze the game. And I was like, "What? What? How, is this an error?" Uh, it, it would only start if you didn't have the gun plugged in. So not only was it not compatible with the gun, it physically would reject the existence of the gun in order to be played. Ridiculous, man! My gosh. Can I say one of the things that? My favorite little trivia that I learned about this game uh, is that when they were developing Revolution X, it initially started as a title based on the film Jurassic Park, but then Sega got the rights to Jurassic Park and they were like, well, what else can we do? Why not make an Aerosmith? <laughs> oh my gosh! What? In, it's like it's like Super Mario Two. What is happening? It makes no yeah. sense. Jeez. 
it's it's such an A to C, and and, the, and that Sega Jurassic Park game, which that's the one where you're sitting in the uh, like you're sitting in the jeep, and that's also a shooter, right? That one's pretty yeah. good if I, if yeah, memory it serves. It's fucking great. Yeah, it's no, fine. The, the reticule situation in this game on SNES is so rough because it's really yes. slow, and then you slightly tap, and then it's on the far left side of the screen. And there were so many things I I yeah did not enjoy. I, I actually the first few minutes I was saying on stream as I played it. This is not so bad. This is, you know, pre-rendered graphics, kind of Mortal Kombat-y, kind of Don- Donkey Kong Country. Okay, I can get into that. Oh, a lot of Mode 7's happening. Cool, I love Mode 7. You know, Pilot Wings, bring it. Come on, F-Zero X, great. And then uh, then the gameplay happened, like actually playing <laughs> yeah. the game. And yeah, about four minutes in, I realized, oh, I don't know how to beat this boss, which is a helicopter. I, I don't know what to shoot. And so I asked my chat for eight minutes while I was shooting it, am I missing something? I, I, what else, What am I missing? And there was one small gray thing underneath the helicopter that I had to activate by hitting <laughs> you know, eight. What? What is happening? And later on in the game, I, I will get to it. But yeah, I, I was not able to, I actually was able to lose this game with infinite, seemingly infinite continues. I lost. I, I game over. <laughs> it, it's not quite, I mean, it's seemingly infinite, but it's not quite enough. You get 25 lives, which seems like a king's bounty in Super Nintendo terms. But but it, it's just also the difficulty is, it, I mean, it's so, the, the main you hit on the main thing. It's so hard to target things because it's got like a, like just a little bit, like it accelerates too quickly. So you start it moving and then it just, it's all on the other side of the screen. It's so hard to target anything precisely. And then also some of the waves of enemies are just interminable. Yeah. Like, it's just like, it's just, I, I literally have to kill like 400 of the same yellow ninja <laughs> with a machine gun. Like, right. I, it's unbelievable the body count I'm uh, here. And it and it's it just, I guess it's probably just to extend the gameplay to justify the cost of the cartridge. But it's so, it gets so fucking boring. And then you're just turning through lives as a result. Well, also, if you don't hit a certain thing in the right corner of the screen, you get that infinite thing sort of to me it reminded me a teeny bit of ninja gaiden although those respawn but it was like when is this going to end if i is it am i infinitely respawning accidentally yeah it didn't make any sense yeah i i i can't imagine so can you imagine standing at this machine for 40 minutes (laughs) in an arcade (laughs) because like after I'd played it for a while on Saturn, I was like, oh, okay, I'm I'm never gonna get to the end of this fucking game, even on easy mode, because the like I can't use the gun, which is the point of the game. Yeah. Uh so I wa- I also watched a playthrough, and the playthrough, which is a perfect playthrough, I mean it's not like a a, a speed run, but it's a perfect playthrough, is 40, 40 minutes long from start to finish, which means that you would have to be holding that filthy, greasy gun <laughs> and dumping in quarters for 40 minutes somewhere. Like who who also gets to a movie early enough to be able to play this game in the lobby for 40 minutes? Right. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it, it seemed like a precursor too to me to the zombie gameplay. Like, oh, it's fun to shoot horrors. But as you mentioned, it's not fun without a light gun. <laughs> right. So annoying, yeah. Yeah, There, there's also the... The uh, I, there, there's another element in this game that I actually do like, which is that you have a, a, a special attack, which on the Super Nintendo is with a shoulder buttoned um, where you'll shoot a CD. And I can't tell if the CDs you do more damage than regular guns. It seems like maybe, but it's not quite like there's so little user feedback, but it is the kind of thing of just like, oh, this is kind of gloriously stupid that this is the Aerosmith game where I've got a gun that shoots CDs. I kind of wish there was more of that. I kind of wish there was more just like leaning into rock and roll stupidity as opposed to some of like the generic just sort of, uh, you know, like I mentioned, ninja enemies that you're fighting throughout so much of the game. 
Well, just that, like they say, music is the weapon. That's the whole, mm-hmm. like, that's the subtitle, but it's not, right. you're shooting a gun. <laughs> <laughs> music is not, I don't understand that. <laughs> I, yeah, I want to say that I vocally out loud to my screen said, oh my God, oh no. When the game goes to the Amazon and you yeah. start shooting the sort of 1930s stereotype of of the savage with the big mask, right. they make, I mean, this is, I, it's so offensive that I have, I'm, I'm uncomfortable speaking the thing that is happening on the screen, which is that they were making monkey noises as they jump out from behind bushes Again, you're supposed to be fighting the New World Order, so this doesn't have any reason to be in the game. Like, right. you could go to, like, technical uh, facilities, or acid plants, like, fucking, like, shit that the Joker would do. But, like, going to the Amazon, also, which you're there in theory to save, but you burn down with your gun. Like, <laughs> yes. you set everything on fire. It was, it was so offensive, I couldn't believe that it was in a video game. It's nuts that it's there. There's also, I, I think in that same, because because this is the Amazon level, or is it a separate level, or does the Amazon level turn into like you're at the warehouse where there, uh, where there's some sort of nefarious plot going on? Because there's there's a sciency lab you end up in. You do, yeah. It's separate level, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but that's that, a separate but level. I had the same feeling. I literally gasped. Yeah. And I also yeah. said, even as how offensive it was, I'm like, this makes no sense. The the precursor to this level said, save the rainforest. How are you saving right. them? You're shooting everyone there. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you Well, you go from the out the exterior rainforest into a temple, and there are like identical semi-nude women tied up on sides on the sides of the screen. And that later in the temple, they those women are dropped into a machine That's that what drains them of. of their life. And yes. turns them into scientist zombies as yeah, they scream for help. Of. Yeah, yeah. And you have yeah. to destroy those machines. It's fucking, I it's mean. It's very strange. It's it's strange and not, like the three levels are Amazon, Middle East, which I was like, oh no. And then the Pacific Rim. So like, it's just three branches of stereotyping. Like right. it's, those right. are your options. In It's, fu- it's so, I could I couldn't believe it. And then you end up at Wembley Stadium for an Aerosmith concert. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, It's, uh, so the babes you mentioned are are like, it's all the same, uh, is the same blonde woman, top heavy blonde woman in a bikini who's tied up in various scenarios and then you free her and she thanks you. Um, And they're just like, that's just like everywhere. It's very Duke Nukem. Apparently they censored it a little bit. Like the arcade version, she she was showing a little more derriere. um, And this in the home version, they neutered it by being a little bit more front facing. I guess showing those cheeks was a little bit of an issue for uh, getting approval by the ESRB. But it's it's really like it's it's such a like that. So you've got that you've got that sort of, okay this is rock and roll excess. We've got like a like a, you know, like a groupie archetype who is who I'm rescuing. But then that coexisting with what you're saying and all this this weird like sort of problematic uh, massacring you're doing it's it's a very strange game yeah it is and and I maybe I'm wrong about this but I feel like Sunset Riders was a fun game which was a kind of a real gun shooter oh Sunset Riders was fun yeah yeah but you you move a reticule if I remember correctly but that was fun somehow and this this really missed that like there's so much offensive stuff the gameplay is monotonous and then the shooting is not fun yeah it was 
Oh boy. And we haven't talked about the music stuff yet, which I was surprised about. There were a couple things that I, some things I actually was surprised by and liked, but that's more of the SNES's capability because the SNES could do sampling. So you could actually sample a sound versus here's the sound card, choose these sounds. So there were some impressive moments of, wow, this is almost like an Atari Jaguar. I'm seeing sort of moving images and sort of hearing Tom's voice, the bassist. I'm like, wow, cool. Um, but then there were moments that were very challenging to my ears. That reminded me of like Wayne's World, the like grading CD shot every time. Was meow, meow, meow. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh God, stop. You said that you can hear the bassist uh, dialogue in a, in a clip, but you didn't speak to how he his quality of acting in this game. So, so I've got a, I've got a clip <laughs> that I sent to uh, Apodaca, uh th- to, to give the, the listener a sense of, you know, the motivator for, for your wanton slaying of random ninjas. <laughs> guys are maggots they're putting chemicals in all our food <laughs> great read from joe perry oh my god oh. it's also made so much better by his boston accent that's so fantastic oh my gosh, i love it i love it i love when you can tell the context of like that was just like hey we got joe perry for five minutes he's like sitting on a, a ledge in front of a weird plant uh, let's just shoot it now and we'll just get what we get <laughs> i love it i also always yeah. love when someone who does not have experience acting or doesn't want to uh has to act and i i always think it's easy like you just say the lines naturally but it's very hard for athletes and musicians who don't act to just say a word in a way that sounds like a human said it <laughs> i don't know yeah. why that is I like to think that that wasn't like in the script. He kind of just said that and they put it in the game. <laughs> That's great. Well, now we got to justify this. You fucking improvised. Wow. You build an Amazon level. I don't know. Wow. Uh, I, I do like from a gameplay standpoint, you can destroy a lot of the environment. And I do think that's pretty fun. Like it's it's fun to, to shoot out all the windows and blow stuff up. And I do think like, you know, the, the helicopter sucks, but like, uh, you know, it, it, so blowing up some of the vehicles, I think, is pretty satisfying. There's a school bus section later on in the game. Uh, boy, that so- does sound really bad. In the context <laughs> of everything we're saying. Yeah, when you're blowing up, when you're shooting up the school bus, trying to blow it up, it's been turned into some sort of terrorist uh, weapon. Um, but like, like I, I do find, I do kind of just just busting stuff up with your gun is pretty fun, uh, even though the actual gunplay even though actually taking out the enemies gets kind of monotonous yeah there was one scene which you're referring to before the helicopter boss scene where you get to keep shooting out those windows and that was one of maybe two or three moments i sort of enjoyed it because it reminded me of that game rampage you know when you're like oh yeah yeah the window's like and sometimes there's something behind the window which is a satisfying experience oh is that a cd is that you know a plant or something that you eat that gives you health i don't know what it was but um but then it kept going that scene i mean it was like when are we going to Am yeah. I just spending eight minutes shooting out windows? There's no enemy. I'm so confused. <laughs> so I think the balance of the game was was tough. I found myself wishing they had gone Game Boy to NES with it. Like, you know, there would be an NES mm. Mario game and it made sense on NES. And then they made a Game Boy game that made sense on Game Boy and they were different games. Yes. And I thought, couldn't they just have made it a different game? Because if you were not allowed to use our super scopes or our light guns surely there's a wholly different game like you do between Xbox and Nintendo DS. Just make it a different game. But they really wanted to port it. Also, can we talk about the slowdown? Good oh, Lord. Oh, yeah, it's really bad on Super Nintendo. And yeah. kind, of, kind of at random spots. There was a lot going mm-hmm. on, and it would be fast, and then there was not much going on. It would be slow. I don't know what was happening under the hood, but 
Yeah, all around, I, I feel like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how hard it is to make a game, so I'm probably being way too critical, but <laughs> I felt like they should have just played the game once. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is not optimized. Let's have half the enemies. Play. <laughs> I, I, I would assume what happened here is they just had, you know, they had this existing arcade game that was a, a pretty big hit, and they had Aerosmith, and they are like, well, this is going to sell. Let's just churn out as many ports as we can, because it got ported to everything. It got ported to Genesis, Super Nintendo, PlayStation, um, Saturn. It got ported across different generations, and just was just li- not not necessarily lazily, but just, you know, sloppily constructed, probably due to a lack of resources. Um, did you guys get to or or watch the final boss at all? Helga? Yes. Helga, who, by the way, is played by the actress Carrie Hoskins, who is Sonya Blade in Mortal Kombat 3. And wow. Other Mortal Kombat's. Yeah. No, yeah. wait, wait. The actor who played Sonya Blade in this current Mortal Kombat, is that? No, the- wait. Oh, sorry. No, no, wait. What's happening? No, the, sorry. The game. Tight. Nailed it. Okay. She no, was, it was me. She was four years. <laughs> was that was me. So she's she was starts as a cheerleader in NBA Jam. The, she's a game actress. She's a yes. digital game got it, actress. Got it, got it. Then got she it. becomes headmistress Helga and the freeable hostages. So she's both oh, she the women both roles. in the bikinis and the bad woman. Yes. Uh, and then she becomes, she graduates to Sonya Blade from Mortal Kombat 3, Mortal Kombat Trilogy, Mortal yes. Kombat 4, Mortal Kombat Gold. Um, I mean, this is... It's a little bit like if you were into this sort of thing in the 90s, she's like a celebrity of the digital actress universe. She's Sonya. I love it. It, I love it. It's it's fascinating to hear that that's the same actor because I was like, like bikini woman with the blonde hair, not really my type. Uh, Mean woman with the black wig uh, (laughs) who's scowling at you in the dominatrix gear. Exactly my type. (laughs) Take all that that you got. Uh, And so... But so she so here's what happens at the end game. You you're you're fighting her and at first she's a woman. She's just like this, you know, again this kind of dominatrix type of uh, uh angry woman. You're shooting her. For a second form, she transforms into a giant muscly monster in a motorized scooter with rocket launches. So she turns into this gigantic monstrous creation like the bikini women do, who I guess is also her earlier. Uh but as you're fighting it, at least in the arcade version, I didn't finish the Super Nintendo version. You shoot its clothes and skin off, and then you shoot its limbs off one by one, and it's spurting everywhere from its dismembered limbs. And then when you kill it, it explodes, and the finale is like just a rainstorm of blood, bones, and organs while the opening riff of Walk This Way plays. (laughs) It's horrifying. Oh my gosh. Man, I watched that on the playthrough this morning, but the sad part is I did not realize there were not unlimited continues. So I was shooting this guy, this green goblin dude, arms were off, guns were not working anymore, and these weird orange things, amoeba, were coming out of his mouth, and I didn't know if I should shoot them, what's happening. I was talking to chat for, I think it's 12 minutes. I think you can check the stream. I was 12 minutes of what am I doing wrong? What am I not hitting? Shooting the chest, shooting the feet, shooting the armchair. And then it just said game over. <laughs> so yeah. that was, I was like one bullet away from the end of the game. And instead I lost. Oh man. So I had to watch the ending. So mm. sad. The ending, by the way, is uh, the message, congratulations, you defeated the new order. Youth all over the world will be free to pursue their pleasures. (laughs) Disgusting. Unnecessarily creepy. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, Everyone aged 13 to 30. Oh, my gosh. Wow. They...
that speaks to how frustrating this game is. I, I get the idea of Easter eggs. That's fun in a game. But when the whole... Um, the whole purpose of the game, you must guess. It's, it felt a little bit like an adventure game, but you don't have time and you're going to die. It's like, come on, man, I, I'm shooting everything and I didn't even get to see the ending and hear that amazing statement that Heather just read. Wow. <laughs> Lordy. You also get, if you do the good ending where you free all of the band members over the course of the game, then uh, Stephen says to you, uh, now it's time to get the real party started. Welcome home to the real pleasure dome. And he's surrounded by identical women yes. who all put their arms around him. And I think they play a song. Uh, and that's the end of the game. Yeah, yeah, it's rough. Oh, Strange. But, you know, again, the arcade version is pretty fun and playable just because it's got that mounted gun. It's fun to shoot. And, and the hardware can actually like like the. Uh, you know, it it looks decent for its time as opposed to the ports just being like, you know, uh, down resed and, and lower frame rates and plagued by slowdown and obviously terrible to control. Uh, but hey, we should get to our final thoughts on Revolution X. It's time for the review crew. <laughs> So we'll each say something positive about this game and give it a numerical decimal rating. I will say, speaking of the arcade version, it's a great looking cabinet. It really looks cool. It's got some great art on it. And, uh, you know, I, I like those mounted guns. So I'll I'll give that to its uh, in, in the positives column. As a port, it's just like it just sucks. I think a big thing Zane hit on in a bunch of different ways is just there's such a lack of of user feedback like it's like you can't like a rocket's coming towards you and you can't tell wait did that hit me or not like like there's not like a clear like blood splatter on the screen or anything like that you just have to be you know babysitting your life bar which is tucked away in the corner of an ugly ui uh, it's hard to tell sometimes like what you're shooting and what you're not shooting like like whether or not you're making an impact on something so it's it's just a very clunky execution of this game um a clunky execution of a great idea. Just a fantastic <laughs> concept <laughs> that just didn't come together. Uh, I, I really didn't like playing the Super Nintendo version, and it did make me want to play the arcade version, though. I'll give this a, a 1.0. Uh, Heather, cool. go ahead. Well, I, I just want to say, because when we get to the next segment, I won't be able to say it because it will be a contrary opinion, that the official Sega Saturn magazine, which reviewed the copy of the game that I played, uh, so, like, think Nintendo Power. Think how often they just trash something in Nintendo Power that is on the Nintendo. They don't do it because it's the official license. Sega Saturn Mag Magazine gave this a 44%. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I like... So here's what I liked. I love, I love samples in old games. It's really charming and pleasurable to hear it fucking... Steven say like, now it's up to you get in our car or whatever it was that he <laughs> said. But I really liked, I'm not an Aerosmith person, but I really liked the opening riff to Sweet Emotion being your score sound. Like it felt like it's a really good, all right, let's tally what you did loop to play. So that was my favorite part of this fucking awful and racist game. <laughs> uh, I'm giving this game a 0, 0.0. Wow. Wow. I love Can't it. Can't go any lower. Uh, wow. Matt, what do you think? I mean, I, yeah, I played I played this on, uh, you know, uh, Super Nintendo, and it's, it's, it's bad, as we've all said. 
Um, it did. It did remind me that I guess I sort of do like Aerosmith, and like that's like just something that I guess I'm gonna have to deal with. Like I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Like I had the I had Aerosmith Guitar Hero. Like I bought the Guitar Hero that is just all Aerosmith songs. Like that's just something that I you know I I, I don't know if I've ever admitted out loud before, um, but it's something that I did own. Um, my positive positive about this game, it, you know what? Seeing this reminded me about another Aerosmith thing, which is their their roller coaster, which I've been on at uh, at Disney Florida. And I, the ride is good. And so I just kind of like that they were like, hey, let's kind of be like Kiss and have other like things right. that aren't our music. Like, let's like, like, <laughs> expand the brand to entertainment uh, and thrill rides. Uh, so just the idea, I guess my positive thing is the idea of Aerosmith. Um, and I'll give this <laughs> <laughs> just them being like, sure, whatever. <laughs> we, we love it. Um, I'll give the, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a point one. This game sucks oh, wow. ass. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, you mentioned the Rock and Roller Coaster, yeah. uh, official name Rock and Roller Coaster, starring Aerosmith, uh, which is at Disney World. And the so I when I worked at Funny or Die, I met with Steven Tyler once. Like he just kind of came in and was just like, maybe I'll make a, a sketch video with you guys. I thought he was a delight. I mean, he was just like it was sure. just an hour of stories of rock and roll excess, but. Um, uh, the meeting ends and he's standing up and he's like saying goodbyes to everyone. It's, it's like one of those things where it's like his rep has been like, he's clear. He was supposed to be there for a half hour, but he just had fun talking to everybody. So now he, the, the rep is trying to usher him out the door. Mm-hmm. He's leaving. Uh, and my coworker, uh, Nick Karasi says, uh, Hey, a quick question. Do you ever ride your roller coaster? Steven Tyler is like walking out the door, just spins 180 degrees, sits back down and says, oh, fuck. Yeah, man. And then talks with like level 10 intensity about how much he thought he put into the rock and roller coaster for like 10 minutes. He's just talking and like he's just like like I, the speakers had to be here. I was mad. The music wasn't loud enough. I like like when this loop hits, you got to hit uh, love in an elevator. Like he was just like he was t- breaking down every single thing. I was like, man, I wonder if he had this degree of input on revolution. X because clearly he cares about Aerosmith. He cares about his brand enough for it that to be applied to this uh, fucking license coaster that a lot of people would slap their name on and forget about. He's in there like <laughs> writing the code for the game. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's great. Wow. He's in Dreamweaver. Wow. All right, Zane, uh, something positive and your score for uh, uh, Aerosmith's Revolution X. Yes. So positive. I, I did. I was very surprised by the samples in the music I, I i even though it only looped for four bars i think each song was a four bar loop i agree with the score uh, scene being a nice musical moment uh, the dude looks like a lady at the end was well it was kind of monotonous but it was like wow that sounds pretty good it's like maybe 24 kilohertz like 8 bit but it's good i don't know it's kind of good um uh and i will say graphically i was really impressed when i put the game on and 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 i was on my stream i was like this is not how is this a top 10 worst game on snes this is not that bad <laughs> and it really took about four to five minutes to go okay these are unlimited enemies i don't know what to hit i can't progress without guessing and even with guessing i had to have people in my chat google and youtube oh it's this chess plate on the left side you haven't hit yet and i was just hitting all around all these bosses and enemies so 
for me, I, I'd say about 15 minutes in, I kind of gave up and I was like, I really don't want to keep playing this, but I have to, I have yeah. to finish this before the podcast. Um, so I ended my stream really on a nosedive. I was not enjoying it. Um, and it was a real letdown because I didn't know if I, like you were saying, Nick, you didn't know if you'd gotten hit by a bullet. I didn't know if I had beaten the game or not. I thought, did I win? <laughs> I didn't know. Right. That's how little feedback there was. So yeah, I'm impressed by the graphics. I like the use of mode seven. I thought the sprites were interesting when they would blow them up. Like, wow, they actually are pretty high res. So I would probably give this game like a like a two, but because I can't go solo because I was like, there are some positive things they did, but then I want to bring it down to a one because Heather reminded me of how awfully offensive it is. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a one. <laughs> wow, yeah. wow, wow! Really in the gutter this week. But hey, Heather, maybe we're wrong. Maybe we were wrong. We've got reviews that we've found from all over the internet that present us with a contrary opinion to the one we've just formed. So if we like the game, these will be negative reviews. And if we didn't like the game, these are positive reviews. It's Maybe We Were Wrong, the segment. <laughs> I think that's the best one I've done. That was, that was great. Huh? That was pretty that good. That was dynamite. Yeah, just just use that audio for all subsequent episodes. Okay, fuck you. Um, <laughs> what I liked about the ones I was able to find, which was not easy, is that even the positive reviews were like very measured and conditional. Uh, so here's one I found. This is a GameFAQs review of the PC version uh, where you could use a mouse so that controls a little better by Red Paratrooper. Uh, seven out of ten. It's not the greatest, but you will have fun with it for a while. This is not a game that will bore you in the beginning. You will be clicking your mouse a lot, I guarantee that. You'll be shooting up everything as the levels are pretty much destroyable. The enemies are plentiful, while the bosses can be quite difficult at times since they require shots to hit certain areas. Hint, bus. Once you've mastered it, the time does get quicker, and you'll find something else to play. So that's basically it. Like, like, It's not the greatest, but it'll entertain you for a little bit, and then you'll find something else, something you like Mm. better. Hmm. Well, I found a much more effusively positive review buried on GameSpot from 2007. Chubby C writes, Now, I must say a lot of people who've played this game said it was the worst game ever made. Aerosmith sucks and never play it. I myself believe all these statements to be untrue. This game has somewhat some entertainment value, but I guess you have to be a fan of Aerosmith to like the game. I was fairly young, maybe seven or eight when I first played the game and I was a huge fan of it, as well as Aerosmith. The game is a first-person shooter, blah, 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 blah. As Here's why I chose this review, is as it goes on, it becomes more and more excited about the game that it is reviewing. So it starts out sort of temper, like tempered, but then yes. by the end, it's saying, um, <clears throat> in fact, I'll probably find myself playing it as soon as I finish this review. I give it a high score because it's odd and original, and like I said, a complete trip because Aerosmith is a flipping game. I'm a fan. I can't help it. This game kicks serious ass. <laughs> the good. Wow. You get to hear some classic Aerosmith songs, see lifelike 2D characters, and nice voiceovers by the band. Lots of credits, major action. You get to rescue some chicks, and of course, Aerosmith, the bad. If you like Aerosmith, there's nothing bad about this. It's just a good way to kill an hour or two. If you don't like Aerosmith, <laughs> the game's horrible, but uh, you're mean. 
Who doesn't like Aerosmith? Oh wow. Wow, that's great. Oh my, yeah. It's, it's, first of all, that was an incredible reading. Holy goodness. But no, that that also, yeah, that that is, who I guess, who this game is for. Aerosmith fans, which is funny, though, because I do sit on this Venn diagram, or whatever they call it, cross-section. I, I actually was a huge, I am a huge Aerosmith fan. Nine Lives is one of my favorite albums, top 10 albums of all time. Joe wow. Perry is like a complete and utter genius. His slide playing mixed with his blues playing. I just, I love the band. Um, and I love their songs. And I love Steven Tyler's voice and all that. And yet I'm also a gamer. So I cannot like this game. I can't, you know, <laughs> but if you're not a gamer and just an Aerosmith fan, you, I guess you have to love it. You know, like oh, I, I get to hang out with my boys. <laughs> man. Um, do you have another one, Heather? I do. But mostly I just want to say that this review, this positive review posted in 2014 is Here's why it's positive and why it's funny to me. I remember playing Revolution X on the Nintendo. We had a lot of fun playing it, especially in multiplayer mode, blah, 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 blah. I've recently revisited the game on the PC, the DOS version. Turns out the DOS version is a heck of a lot better than the Nintendo version. To play the DOS version on the Windows NT machines, especially Windows 7, you'll need a DOS box V0.74, and you'll have to make some changes in the DOS box configuration file. And then there's pages of modifications that you have to do in order to get this game to run on DOS, which also speaks volumes to the dedication that this player had for playing this game. I mean, it's like there's literal code that you have to change in order to make the game work, which means somebody had to figure it out. Wow. I always I mean those those people are heroes. Like it's just like the, the <laughs> hobbyist who's just like I'm going to fig- I'm going to solve something and then I'm going to publicly disclose this free of charge like how to do it just in case someone else down the line has oh, I, I talked about that with the fucking um Oh fuck! What was it? Was Hotel it Hotel Mario? Mario? One of, yeah, one of like one of these games. It was just like, oh man, this person from twenty years ago put this guide together that I'm using now. And he just did it for like just to be just to be a bro. It's it's great. I love it. Wait, wasn't yeah. that the game though where they put together the entire code and then you found out that there's one game that you can't play on it, which is Hotel? Oh Mario? yeah, yeah. That was no. That guy. That guy fucked me. <laughs> but I love that. I, yeah. Oh, I'm in that game. But yeah, no, that's crazy. Jeez, it's amazing yeah. that people are willing to to go to these lengths. I just am a consumer. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> um. I did this. Uh, I will just say overall, like my my big thing is that this did make me want to play like a, an arcade shooter because, man, that is such a fun experience that you can't really even with a good light gun at home, you can't really replicate. So, man, a time crisis cabinet or something when arcades are open again. There you uh, go. I, I, I want to well, fucking hit it up. I, I got my girlfriend to say that if we ever buy a house that I'm allowed to have an arcade in it. And wow. That felt like such a victory. Wow. Like I'm. I am already mentally planning it and definitely going to have a light get light gun game in, in that. I mean, you have to, you would, you, you, would you go for one of those main cabinets where you can have multiple games or would you rather have a purist one single game? Well, I think that the, the answer to that is that there will be multiple cabinets. I think having a main cabinet where you can select your games, that's, you know, that's great. That's golden. But how, I mean, like, I'm going to want a sit down racing game, whether that's hang right. on or virtual racer or whatever. And I'm going to want one dedicated light gun game with the actual guns mounted. I think it's going to be probably time crisis, but it might be this weird game that I played in a Japanese arcade where you had, I mean, what am I saying? I'm, 
I'll take whatever. I don't know what's going to be in there, but there was a game where you stood in a body scanner and the gun was loose in your hand and you had to like physically move yourself around in this in this small space in order to like hide behind a doorway or like reach out and like shoot pop off a few shots at criminals. It was some police game. Uh, my brain says rescue 911, but that's not police 911. Yeah, there it is. Um, anyway, that was that was a lot of fun. Maybe you guys in the future, you come over to my arcade once I have enough money to buy a house someday. It'll be great. Uh, police 911, uh, uh, apparently the successor to the Lethal Enforcers series. What? Oh, wait, no, wait. Uh, vice versa. Vice versa. Oh. Pi- police 911 uh, was the, the prologue to the Lethal Enforcers, although it's a separate canon. So there wait you go. Wait a minute. Are we talking about the same? I, I do remember this game. I, I don't know if I played it in Japan, but yeah, there's a game where they have infrared sensors in the cabinet so that you can move your body. Yeah. Yeah. Was that, was that Lethal Enforcers? Yeah. I you no, know, I mean it's definitely called Police Nine One One. That's the cool. game. I can I can see the sensors. Cool. Uh, that's that's the cabinet. Um, awesome. But boy, I don't remember. I all only remember that I would like the next day my legs would hurt because I would have been doing like a hundred <laughs> squats. <laughs> that's awesome. Um. Hey, uh, we should uh, we should answer someone's question. It's time for the question block. All right, this one comes from our buddy Stephen Ray Morris, and he writes, What game or games do you have to finish at the arcade? I can never not attempt to complete the Lost World Jurassic Park arcade game if I see it. Hmm. Wow. Thanks for the question, Stephen Ray. Stephen Ray, great uh, great podcaster himself, great podcast producer. Um, I I think the – and also, I think he hit us up on social media. He found some SimCity, like the SimCity card game. Oh, yeah. The card game. That's right. Yeah. I didn't even know that existed. Me neither. Uh, so a, a game you try to finish in the arcade, man. I mean, I'm my my rate of completion of arcade games is so bad because it just unless you're at like a bar. I guess if you're at a free play sort of situation, um, it, it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. But if you're actually paying for credits, it's like you could you could sink thirty bucks into something easy if you're not playing carefully. My greatest adult memory of finishing a game is Ninja Turtles at a barcade with three friends. So it was four of us playing the entire thing. And once you get like four levels in, are you going to are you going to be like, well, let's all walk away from the game. (laughs) Right. I, I just tend to go and I uh, each time I beat Billy Mitchell's score in Donkey Kong, I'm not gonna <laughs> 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 so I was trying to make sure I can one up him. He seems like a real nice guy. <laughs> no, I, I don't think I've ever beaten an arcade game. I love playing Simpsons. I've, I'll play that as many quarters as I have. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah. I don't know. Arcades are. I've always been more of a home console type. But that's right. not, not that the question was for me. I'm assuming that the question involves me. For all of us. Oh, okay, cool. For all of us. Then that is, hey, Stephen, nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do love that. that. Jurassic Park is fun. Time Cop's also fun. I love those mm-hmm. zombie, I forget what the name of the zombie rail shooter House is. House of the Dead. Thank you. Yes, I mm-hmm. love that one. I'll play that one as many chords as I have to. House of the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> We covered uh, we we covered typing of the dead on the podcast, which I've never seen an arcade version of. But I played the I would play the home version on Dreamcast, the Dreamcast keyboard. I've seen a a arcade version, and I took a photo of it because it was the grossest thing I'd ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> wow. I uh, I finished the the Simpsons arcade game when I was a kid, and like I it, it ranks up there with like what like with that and like getting uh, a Charizard in a regular pack of Pokemon cards, like as like my top moments of my life. You had Charizard? <laughs> oh, dude, I got it on my oh. bookshelf over there. Yeah. Whoa, that's crazy. I'm sorry. I should have told you. I should have told you earlier. I that's didn't mean to, in, no. Uh, that's intimidate it. you. I also, yeah, that would have intimidated me. I wouldn't have been able to talk today. Uh, man, I have some fancy, like, first edition Pokemon cards that apparently are worth money. But, oh, man. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's cool you have Everything that. is worth money now. Everything is worth money. NFTs, Everything. am I right? I, I, I was, right. I mean, I was just tweeting about this. The Skies of Arcadia, which I bought a year and a half ago because I was like, oh, I haven't played this on... I bought it for like $30 at a at a retro game store. It's a $200 game now. Everything costs so much fucking money now. Yeah, it's insane. I have Mega Man X and X squared, and apparently they're worth a lot of money now. Like, what? Ah! They're just normal game, Mega Man games. Yeah. How does that make sense? Okay. <laughs> I saw, I was, I was watching a YouTube video about the problem, and they were like, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance now goes for $3,000 in box. Jesus. And I was like, what, what? the fuck what? is that? What? But that's the tactics game. I don't even like those. But I guess, <laughs> oh, dang it. How dare you? Yeah. Um, uh, the untold thousands of dollars I have in future money, I traded away to GameStop for 40 cents in store credit. Like I just, <laughs> so many. I, Skies of Arcadia. I sold Skies of Arcadia to, uh, to GameStop and probably like, you know, whatever, 2002, because I was like, well, I'm done with this game. Um, what, the one I, I looked up what the name of it was, but I think I mentioned on the podcast before. One game I did finish in the arcade on a in a free play scenario was Gauntlet Legends, which yes. was the one that they released in in like 1998. Um, but uh, and yeah, I have I have finished the Simpsons game, but the time I finished it, I do, didn't play it all the way through. So I don't think I counted. I like I joined later in the game and mm-hmm. you know shuttled Marge through the final fight with. <laughs> <laughs> is Mr. Burns or whatever? Who is it? Was, yeah. Who is it? it? I think it is Mr. Burns, if I remember Mr. correctly. Mr. Burns in like a robot suit. I mean, of yeah. course it's Mr. Burns. <laughs> but you make Flanders the final boss? <laughs> that would be a real, yeah, subversive Actually, uh, be Simpsons cool. game. Yeah. Buff wow. Flanders. Uh, hit us up with your questions on Twitter and Instagram at Get Played Potter. Send us an email, Get Played Pod at gmail.com. Or leave us a voicemail at 616 played That's 616 275 2933. Our music and engineering is by our MVP, Devin Bryant. You can follow him on Twitter at BaffleGabs. And our guest, has been Zane Carney. Zane, what a delight to have you here. Please come back on the show. This was such a thrill. Um, please uh, 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 plug your Twitch channel, plug your album, anything else you want to tell us about. Thanks, man. Yeah, I stream three to five days a week on twitch.tv slash Zane Carney. And uh, yeah, that jazz album, Alter Ego, just came out. And I have some more music coming out later this year that involves my singing. So I'm pretty excited about that. Ooh, cool. That's rad. Yeah. Check that out. And yeah, I was listening to Alter Ego. It's 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 great. So if you're a jazz fan, I think you'll uh, you'll really dig it. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Zane Carney. Yeah. And also, I just realized when this episode comes out, the day it comes out, I'm going to do Revolution X Music Theory of Gaming that night. So that, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's really Check cool. Check that out. Yeah. Should be fun. Yeah. Wow. And hey, Matt, tell us next week's game. Next week's game, Crazy Taxi. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, Bucket. Edge. Don't want to close my eyes.